1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port.
0: Happy New Year! Happy New
2: Year!
0: How was it for you?
2: It was good. I was in bed by about 11.
0: So you were, you slept through midnight?
2: I was kind of vaguely... I could sort of vaguely hear some fireworks, but not enough to, like, check my phone <laughs> or say Happy New Year to my boyfriend or do anything rather than just lay
0: there, yeah. Well, I can beat you. Oh, go on. I was in bed by nine. You were not. Yeah. Really? So I was working on a... doing a breakfast show the following morning on BBC Radio 5 Live, so... I went to bed at nine, I set my alarm for one minute to midnight, yeah uh, and then rang my wife and then rolled over and went back to sleep again. You
2: are the greatest husband I've ever heard of yeah. wow <laughs> yeah the she, effort. Didn't, she she didn't answer
0: <laughs> no no she did she oh. did yeah um so yeah it's was, it was an odd new year for me, in as much as I spent a few days in a hotel, mm. a premiere inn, yep, as advertised by lenny Henry oh that one yeah yeah, right. um. I don't think it was one particular branch. He was advertising. <laughs> right, I think it was right, the, right. The, the chain the general in general. Brand. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, a, a weird thing that happened is when I went and checked in. So it's 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 in Manchester. It's in Salford technically, but I got to go back to Manchester to do these shows. That's where they broadcast from. And um, I got there, and the receptionist says, uh, oh, have you come far?" I said, "Oh, from London." She said, "Oh, I should have known by the accent." what no I know Jen, I know that means you've
2: totally lost your accent I
0: know I mean, oh. like, so so people when I uh, talk to my family or whatever they say oh you sound like a soft sudden Jesse." but I still think in myself I just sound like me but the fact that she thought I was a Londoner I was yeah. I was horrified
2: wow wow yeah well, that's amazing that it just caught it's completely gone <laughs> <laughs> Clearly,
0: so it's it's an odd life. Um, I guess if you are listening to this, and maybe you work, you know, as a, a travelling salesperson, or your job takes you away a lot, that these things will be familiar to you. But um, you know, you, you you being a transient figure is is quite an odd life. Mm. And there's this for a bit of, I guess, a bit of stability. There's this one Indian restaurant that I've been going back to a few times and as i've said before on the podcast and i never like to get so familiar in a place that you have to make a lot of small talk every time you go in there Mm. but i do quite like it when you go in and they know your face okay there's a balance to be struck isn't it i don't quite want cheers Mm
3: -mm
1: -mm.
0: where you you want to go where everybody knows your name but it is quite nice it's like oh hi how are you and then fine thanks right this is what i'll have today yeah so and and I've I've been going into this India restaurant a few times, and I'd seen a few of the same people over and over again. And I thought, okay, this is a uh, this this is starting to feel like my little place away from home. So I was in there, I sat at a table, and I see one of the staff members coming through the front door and start his shift. You know, that's he's arriving, he's got his coat on, yeah. and he walks towards me. I'm at the end of this table. He goes, hiya, mate, okay. and I go, hiya. And then I notice he's not making eye contact with me. There's somebody behind oh, me, one of his colleagues.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> what
0: do you do in that situation?
2: Die. It's <laughs> oh, <that's> horrendous. <laughs> and then did he go, oh, oh, hello. No, no, no. You- he oh, just carried do- on walking he- oh, no. straight past
0: me. Oh. So I'm a man in a restaurant eating on his own oh. who just went higher to nobody. Oh. It's probably disturbing to the other customers. Did you go back? <laughs> I have been back since. No. I've told you this before, that but... Um, Like I I don't mind eating in a restaurant on my own. I don't. I don't find it a problem. Apart from like on a Friday or a Saturday night, when again I I I feel comfortable enough. But I think I would ruin the experience for the other diners because it it just looks. It would look depressing to see me. So I went hungry on New Year's Eve for that exact reason. Good. I I can't go and sit somewhere on New Year's Eve. People will just be thinking, "Oh, that poor man. Shall we ask him to join us?"
2: I'm so glad you did it. So do you
0: want to know what I had for dinner on uh, New Year's Eve?
2: Oh, no, I mean like half a tub of Pringles, I'm guessing. You're yeah. <laughs> close. It was a
0: boost out of the vending machine.
2: Oh, that was it? Yeah.
0: Okay. That's well, funny. actually, no, something great happened. Yeah. So I, I went to the vending machine. I typed in the number for a boost chocolate bar yeah. and it got stuck. Are you right. So you know when it sort yeah, of falls halfway out, yeah, that's not great. So I think, oh god, I'm going to have to put in the money for another one now, which yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the second one nudges the first one out, and the second one falls out. So I had for New Year's Eve, I had two boosts for the price of one.
2: Did you not pay for them both? You paid for them both. Didn't you put the money in a second time? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So basically, you bought two boosts and ate two boosts, which is just even more depressing.
0: (laughs) But the worst thing is, I do not know how much in my head I'd got some kind of like New Year's bonanza. Like it was a special treat. The only reason it was was
2: two for one because it was accidental. You paid for two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was the universe wanting me to have two boosts. And then, then sort of like late on New Year's Eve. Well, actually, on New Year's Day morning, in the early hours. So I don't know if you saw, but there was um, there was uh, a stabbing in Victoria Station. Uh, okay, yeah, in Manchester on on New Year's Eve, mm. and I think a man man has been detained on uh, mental uh, under the Mental Health Act. But at the time, people were speculating it was terrorism and so on. I don't I don't know the full detail of it. Yeah. So so anyway, so I knew that when I got up uh, on New Year's Day morning because I'd put the news on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I get up at half past three to leave the hotel room at quarter to four. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this for a couple of days at this point, and it's just dead. It's coming like a ghost town. You don't see anybody in the hotel at that time of night. So I'm sort of wandering down the corridor, and I call the lift, and the lift door's open, and a young... I'm guessing muslim because of the the beard guy gets out of the lift and I go oh my god like that because oh, I'm just not expecting to see a person yes, and like yes. and, and, and I'm just like I'm just in a world oh. of my own and then I become super conscious that this guy is thinking, oh, no, everybody's labelling, you know, this happens any time there's some kind of attack, whether it's a terrorist attack or not. Like, why why do I get stereotyped in this way? And I've just gone, oh, my God. So, so then I just really overcompensate. Oh,
2: no, being really friendly. Yeah,
0: I'm going, oh, oh God. I've been getting up every morning, not used to seeing oh. anyone. <laughs> oh, it's so funny what am I, like, really desperately trying to overcompensate in a way that ultimately would have just made him think, God, what a weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know he's thinking. You know, if you think white guilt is bad, try walking around <laughs> being me.
1: When you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port with you now in your old age. Well,
0: it's time to delve back into our pile of correspondence. I've missed this. Yes, over the uh, the couple of weeks that we've had off. Uh, so, time to hear from you and your stories of uh, excruciating social interactions and so on. And um, as Evan However, if you haven't sent yours or if something new has happened to you and the holidays, of course, are a, a, a rich seam to be tapped into, yeah, then yeah. let us know about it. Send us your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com.
2: The first one's from Anon. <clears throat> uh,
0: bodes well already. Oh, yes, of yeah. course.
2: We were at a sophisticated South West London birthday gathering for one of my wife's friends. All lovely people that I'd either met only once or not at all. I very rarely drink, even more rarely to excess, but I entered into the spirit of things consuming multiple cocktails and even accounting for blurred judgment. I think it's fair to say that in comedic terms, I was killing (laughs) every anecdote, every punchline landed. Later, one of the party was goaded into telling a detailed account of some very unpleasant plumbing issues they'd had in their building, which also went down well. This, to me at least, prompted a game of one-upmanship. I had to top this story and regain my comedy crown. So I reached for the most over-shary story I had, something I'd only ever told one very close friend. It was a visit to the GPs that, as I took a last-minute lunchtime appointment, was conducted by two impossibly young trainee doctors while the qualified GP observed from the corner. The general consensus was that, based on what I described, there was no need for an examination, but that it would be really useful for the trainees if I didn't mind. Wanting to be a team player, I consented. It was a lie-on-your-side-facing-the-wall type examination. As I'm telling this story, I realise that A, I have everybody's attention now, and B, this is a story without a satisfying punchline or even a clear ending. <laughs> Speaking of clear endings, I now describe the examination in ever more detail, including the most drift to S detail that when the doctor remarked on things looking quite sore, I was too embarrassed to say that it was more likely due to the excessive emergency cleaning I'd done in the anticipation of an inspection rather than any medical complications. <laughs> Polite smiles turned to disbelief, except my wife, who was in disbelief from the very beginning. <laughs> and I brought the story to a close by just stopping talking. <laughs> the next weekend, as we headed off to meet a different set of friends, I asked my wife, so should I not mention my anus this time? <laughs> oh,
0: I love the hubris in that, though. <laughs> that, that it's, you can tell that the fall is coming.
2: Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. that's
0: beautiful. Lovely. Thank you for that. A nun.
2: Yes. Uh, This is Tracy. It's a running away story. I was walking down my local high street a good few years ago and a nun fell over in front of me and kind of rolled over on the floor. She also cried out loudly and started crying. I froze for what seemed like ages. And then, I don't know why, I ran away, jumping over her (laughs) legs as I did so. I ran all the way down the road and turned the corner. I caught my breath and started walking home when a guy who lived around the corner from me cycled past and said... I saw you run away from that nun.
0: (laughs) Why did she do that? Who does that guy think he is? True, yeah. Yeah. What was he doing?
2: Okay, finally, this is from Charlie.
0: Like, he wasn't helping the nun. No, I know, Yeah. yeah.
2: Charlie says, Listening to weekly tales of drifters' social interactions gone awry, I often find myself nodding and cringing along, able to identify with most of the myriad ways a drifter can embarrass themselves. If there's one thing I've never personally identified with, though, it's the blurter. He's a bear and all that. No, that's (laughs) not me. (laughs) That's not me until now. I've been in a new job for six months and recently had a conference call scheduled with two colleagues. One colleague, Emma, I've worked with and know reasonably well, and the other colleague I had not yet met. We'll call her Magda. We all join the conference call and it turns out we're all in the same office building today. Oh, great, says Magda. Let's hang out and meet on the second floor in person. As I walk into the meeting area, Emma is ahead of me and we catch up with Magda. Emma is between, is in between and she slightly obscures my view of Magda until we sit down at a table. Small talk ensues about Christmas and we're all exchanging pleasantries for a few minutes. My colleague then turns the conversation to work matters. She says, Magda, I thought it would be great for us to get together with Charlie. It's nice to be able to meet you in person, I say, and extend my hand confidently across the table. I am met with her outstretched arm, which I very quickly realise does not have a hand at the end uh-huh. of it. The sheer surprise catches me and there's an awkward exchange where I slightly recoil my hand in confusion, let go of her arm, then take it again as if to show her I'm not trying to reject her body parts. If my only crime was just an awkward handshake, though, she's probably experienced this many yeah. times before. I wouldn't have thought it a big deal. Instead, I made the whole exchange many, many times worse by what I said upon realising she had no hand. I am unclear how or why my brain came up with this as I proudly announce, congratulations. What? Congratulations. There was no plausible explanation Uh, for joyously congratulating the colleague I'd met just two minutes previously. Did you think I was (laughs) patronising her for being different or able to carry out an office-based job with just the one hand? I spent the next excruciating Uh, uh, hour carrying on the meeting as if nothing had happened, whilst my face, specifically my glowing red cheeks, very much displayed that something had definitely happened. I could barely take in anything she said as my mind raced with the horror of it all. Should I go home or resign? I did neither in the end and just hid at my desk for the rest of the day. So there we have it. I am a blurter (laughs) after all. Charlie, it's in all of us, don't worry. I
0: can think of something worse that she could have said. Oh, go on. Unlucky.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, if Magda had been a drifter? She might have I,
0: know, I <laughs> Well, oh. I mean, that, that does go into the, you know, great, the canon of great blurts along with he was a bear and yeah. un, un, unlucky. Congratulations. I mean, congratulations. That's so good. I was just thinking when I was listening to that, if I was in that position, in other words, if I was the person without the hand, like I, th- I think I would say something to diffuse the situation every time there was a handshake.
2: Yeah. But then again
0: why should the weight of responsibility be on you? And
2: every time like you probably, probably just not you'd probably just forgotten about I it. Know,
0: I know. I know. Like I, I, I remember once meeting somebody who didn't have a hand and sort of and having a similarly un, you know uh, uncomfortable not knowing what to do um that, that we heard about there, but you know, without saying congratulations, mm. and then later thinking to myself, "Here's here's what I'll do if that ever comes up again." Oh yeah, I thought I'll I'll, I'll let out May in a monologue. I I'll say, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what was normal in this situation. What 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 okay. should I do?" Yeah, I thought yeah. that might be a good way to handle it. Yeah. Just verbalize it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because like, so what are you supposed to do? You just sort of shake. What I don't is know. There. I don't know. I guess so. If they're stretching it out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Congratulations! What you don't
2: do, I think we can all agree. Is say <laughs> congratulations.
0: Uh, share your story, please. You know, another great, that might be the greatest blurt of 2019 well, already. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, let let us know your story of an uncomfortable social interaction. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: There are some things that move down the stream. Some of them are called Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's coming past you and on the sail is written G-L-A-P, which stands for GLAP. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. The organisation. Adrift. Annabelle. Yes.
0: Time for your first story of the new year. And and, and what have you decided as your first tale of 2019?
2: It's Ways in Which I'm Not a Fully Functioning Adult, part one, laziness. (laughs)
0: I how, part, how many parts is this, this going to be? I, like
2: I say, part one. Like I've got a part two. I haven't, but you know, I'm I'm optimistic. So I, I mean, I there think, are, there are many, many many yeah, parts.
0: Yeah, we, we this 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 could be an ongoing series. Yeah, we, yeah. we could get to part 100 easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Laziness. I realised recently that there's one hour of the week when I feel calm and happy, and that's the one hour of the week when the bin is not so overflowing that I'm having to keep using whatever it is I'm throwing away to push the rest of the rubbish down. <laughs> But it's still spilling over a bit and making the bin lid dirty, and I really feel there is there is just one hour a week when I finally got around to taking the bin out, and it's empty, and I can just throw rubbish in it like it's oh that feeling.
0: I know you know you're only making things difficult. So so the reason to do that with the rubbish yeah. is in the hope that your partner or housemate or whatever is going to be the one to take the bin bag out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it is usually you that takes the bin bag out, yeah. you're only making life just, more difficult for yourself in the future.
2: Yeah, I just... Why well, don't I just do it straight away? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I also think maybe I should just get a bigger bin or throw less stuff away. There are two other <laughs> get solutions. Skip. Yeah, I can just get a skip in my kitchen. <laughs> but I think for now I could just be, like you say, less lazy and just take the bin out more. But it, it does feel like a massive hassle to me because first of all, I've got to pull the bin bag from the bin. And that feels as hard as a tricky 4 sets berth. (laughs) (laughs) I quite often get a sweat on just from the effort of that. It's the worst. It's it's probably extra hard because it's so full, so it's really gripping to the sides, isn't it? The way that it clings to that bin, though, I think it's a bit pathetic. I
0: know. Why can't somebody just invent a bin where the bag comes out easily?
2: Easily, I know. God, 2019, do it. So that's the first bit. I'm already exhausted. Mm. And then I have to go and get my keys to open the back door (sighs) because the bin's out the back. To be honest, that's, that's not much of an effort, I'll be honest. But I also have to get my shoes. Mm. And that is an effort because I've got to bring those around to the back door.
0: And they're already they're at the front door, right? And they're at
2: the front door. So I've got to bring them around to the back. And, you know, admittedly, it's not that far. But it gets tricky again because I've got a light grey rug by the back door. And I don't like shoes being on it. And there's only a small patch of rugless <laughs> floor by the door. So I have to try and put the shoes on there whilst holding the bin bag and looking, unlocking the door. So oh, this for me is very tricky. Mm. Then I have to cross a short expanse of decking, which is often slippy as it's covered in weird green stuff, like maybe some kind of moss or something. (laughs) It's very slippy when wet. And the actual putting the bag in the rubbish bin is not simple because the bin men always put my bin lids on upside down after they take the bin (laughs) bag out. And they're these big domed lids and it's always so The big domes are full and heavy with water. So I have to lift them up and then pour the water away, but really far away from me because I can't get my feet wet. As that would make it even more slippy on that weird green moss stuff on the decking. I don't know why the bin men do this. I can only guess that they hate me. Probably for having so much rubbish. And also because I quite often complain to the council as I sometimes skip a week out of hatred. How difficult it would be to put it back on the right way around? Oh, it's upside down. It all makes me long for my childhood and one of my genuinely most happy childhood memories. So my grandma lived at the top of a 12-storey block of flats that had a rubbish chute. Oh, my God. I know. So there was a little room on each floor, and you'd open up the chute, and you'd put your rubbish in, and then you'd listen to it topple all the way down 12 floors. And me and my sister used to beg our grandma to let us do this job, and we were so upset when the rubbish <laughs> didn't need taking out. We would beg her, just can we just do it anyway? It's honestly one of my most treasured childhood memories. That, and there was also a lift in the building, and we once hid a red Smartie behind a little door with the emergency phone in. <laughs> And we'd always check it was still there. And it always was. I'd say I was sadder when my grandma moved flats than when my parents moved out of my home for my first 19 years.
0: How are you going to say you were sadder when your grandma moved flats than you were when she died? No.
2: If only, though, if only we all had rubbish chutes in our kitchens. Like, forget flying cars. Oh, yeah. That is the future that we need. Uh, Yes, yeah. And there ends laziness part one.
1: Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. A drift.
0: Here's a little thing that happened. So I was in John Lewis's with my wife the other day. Yeah. And we're standing on the escalators. And she she is sort of on the right hand side of the escalator, mm. going backwards because she's talking to me.
2: Okay, yeah. And I'm
0: kind of leaning towards the left side of the escalator, looking up, talking to her. Yeah. Now, as this is happening, somebody walks up mm. the left. And then gets annoyed that I'm standing there and says, excuse me. I say, I'm so sorry. I get out of the way and they harumph and walk past. Now, if you don't live in London, what's really going on in this story is on the London Underground, there is a rule and I think it's a fantastic rule where you stand on the right hand side of the escalator so that people can walk on the left hand side. Mm -hmm. And it's great if you want to stand there and just let the thing carry you up. Then stand on the right. If you're in a rush and you need to walk, or you want to get the exercise, or whatever it is, you walk on the left. Yeah, good system. Yep, yep. we all know that's how it goes on the London Underground.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's my problem. Yeah, it, there's there's no rule that that applies also in John Lewis's. Uh-huh. I don't think there is a rule. No. So,
2: Where, does it apply anywhere else to you? Like, what if you're in a shopping centre? No.
0: It's. It's. I think it's a good system. Yeah. And if somebody said we should roll out this rule across the country, yeah. I would be on board with it. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. You're saying that it has But my hasn't... point is mm.
0: that it's the, the 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 person had no right harumphing. No, I agree. If I was that. doing that on the London yeah, Underground, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would deserve scorn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hatred. Yeah.
0: Hatred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Vitriol. Yeah. But that's not the rule in John Lewis's. Much yeah. as you'd like. It to be
2: okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe what should have happened is that they shouldn't have haramed, totally agree with you. Yeah, maybe you should have stood on the right hand side.
0: But it's it's not a it's not even it's not, a rule? Un, it's not even un, you know if, if I'm in Manchester, much as I'd like that rule to apply, that, that nobody's thinking about which side of the escalator the standard on. Did you
2: shout Archer's back? It's not a rule. <laughs> Please tell me you did. Do you want to
0: know exactly what I said? What did you say? I said to my wife, just because one rule applies on the underground doesn't mean it also applies in John Lewis's. And do you know what she said? Uh, yeah, sounds like one for a drift. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, we, uh, that's how we end up
1: here Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port In a show called Adrift
0: Yeah, well, I've been spending a lot of time in the North Living, <laughs> living in this Premier Inn yeah. um, Unfortunately for me, it's sort of where I'm from So I get to see a lot of friends and things And then, then the other day, I thought I'm going to go and take a trip down memory lane I'm going to go to the town I grew up in, Macclesfield And I'm going to go and uh, look round the streets I grew up on right from being sort of uh, a tiny baby to age 11
2: nice yeah
0: so i go there and i'm really loving it like some things have changed beyond all recognition and then so, some things are exactly the same there's like this little off license that we used to call the selling out shop which I, I don't know if that's a northernism you never hear it anymore but off licenses were called selling out shops really? because she's selling the drink out Okay. You know, to drink to I mean means same as off license really. It's the opposite
2: of a pub, like they're selling the yeah, they're selling in. It in, they're yeah. selling it out. Yeah, right. you'd never
0: call a pub a selling in no, shop. No. Um and and that's still there and you know, it looks like it's from the seventies. It hasn't changed a bit. Sadly my old local news agent Raymond isn't isn't there anymore oh. he had a very uh glamorous ford capri with a stencil oh. of an eagle on the bonnet
2: i love a ford capri so much yeah red
0: car. red oh, ford capri with best. a stenciled eagle on the oh, bonnet i mean wow. that was uh it was a glamorous car very he was a glamorous news agent mm. and then i went and stood outside um the the house i lived in up until i was 11 mm. on hatton street it was next door to the old labour exchange, the Dole office, right, uh, which is now, for everything's now flats. Mm. Uh, and I'm just loitering around it a lot, just looking, um, walking up and down and just remembering what it was. Like all the paving slabs are the same. There's a wall that I used to climb up next door and like I can still find the little indentations in the stone where I would put my fingers to climb up this wall. It was really lovely to experience it like this. And as I'm doing so, I see somebody come out of the house mm. now I don't know if the real reason he's come out of the house is there's a fella in a woolly hat lo- loitering and staring yeah. but he comes out to do something with the wheelie bin and I think I wonder if I should say hello Yeah, and he looks at me yeah. and then I realise we're related what? yeah how? he is my cousin Anne's son all grown hey, up wow yeah oh. so I say oh we're related and he looks at me and goes, yeah, it's Jeff, isn't it? I go, yeah. I said, sorry, I was just looking. You know, we used to live here. He went, yeah, I think I did know that. He says, do you want to come in and have <gasps> a look around? No. So I got to go oh. in love to that the, so the house i was in and it was so i mean it's changed a lot there's a lot of conversion the halls are a lot smaller oh. you know the rooms are almost different shapes but i still got to go in my own bedroom and and <gasps> so, so, so on jealous. it was so great and oh. he said oh do you just want to you know because i mean he was very gracious letting me go in there because his wife had the day before had a baby Wow. so she was just out of hospital oh, wow. with a baby so he says you just just take a minute have a look around so i'm standing in the bedroom and i just think god it's amazing being in here and i'm flooded with memories of what was on the walls and what my the the, the bed covers look like and what i used to think about there as i was falling to sleep and all all this stuff and then you know after a bit i went back downstairs and the the there's a a doorway from the hall, tiny little hall, I mean, smaller than a phone box, into the front room. And I was just sort of um, standing there for a second. And then I hear his wife say to him, mm-hmm. and they uh, said, I've come in partway through a conversation. Yeah. She says, Yeah, he just seems a lot uh, a lot more chilled out than he used to be. Oh. And then he's, the guy replies, Oh, I think he's there now. Oh. So I say, Hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Here's is where we come onto the incident. Okay. So basically, what they've said is only a compliment. Yeah. They've said I'm chilled out. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a conversation where it's say, like, oh, it's nice to see him. He seems uh, on good form. He seems more chilled out than he used to be. Yeah. But what I hear it as, oh, as sure. is, so what did I used to be like then? Yeah. What was your problem with me? Yeah, what was yeah. your beef? Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Why oh. sh- should that be my reaction, <laughs> or should I just enjoy the present day compliment? I find out in this week's The Incident. For advice on this, I turned to the writer Bruce Dessau. Bruce reviews comedy for the London Evening Standard and for his own excellent website, Beyond the Joke. I wondered how common it is for somebody to get essentially a good review, but to focus on some tiny perceived slight
3: you know in the past if the performer was upset or furious or whatever about a review uh you know he'd have a moan to his publicist and the publicist would sort of soften the blow and come back to me and say oh so and so was delighted with the v- review they absolutely loved your review but now you know the review appears in the standard or on beyond the joke you know the next day and the next thing you know yeah you've had a tweet from the performer commenting on it one instance that springs to mind, but this 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 is different. But I'll tell you it anyway. <laughs> um, when I wrote for one years ago, when I used to write for Time Out, I wrote what I thought was a very nice review about a comedian. Who I think I better it better remain be nameless. Okay, but I wrote the piece thinking he, it was a lovely piece, and I think this is more slightly what you're you're saying something that I thought was quite insignificant. They took Humphrey Jacks. I just, I mentioned that he was related to another performer just in passing. I just said he's related to so-and-so and yeah, this was the old days. So I had to get the phone number and ring up timeout. And he rang me up and said, um, uh, I'm, I'm, he said, I'm, I can't. I think he said, I'm tempted to come round and shove a copy of Time Out up your ass. Wow. Which uh, And this was in the days when Time Out was quite a thick magazine. <laughs> I'm, not about, I'm not talking about the freebie it is now. Um, but luckily, I don't know, maybe I left shortly. Maybe that was just, and I left Time Out shortly after that. But, uh, wow. but I think also that, yeah, I think you just seems to, I mean, that's the thing about comedians. I think they are a sensitive bunch, and I think they do take a lot to heart. Um but, but then you took this, you know, you're dwelling on this as well. So maybe, you're, you know, maybe it's just this thing about being human. I mean, everyone's sensitive. Have you, have
0: yeah. you ever had a, a comedian quote something you wrote years ago about them back in your face?
3: The trouble is, I think I, the things when people haven't liked things, I've probably suppressed them. Um, whereas when people have actually said nice things about the review, they're the things that, that sort of stick in my mind. When people have come up to me in at Edinburgh, for instance, in the bar, and said, "Oh, I liked what you said last night, or you were spot on." Um, it's you know, it's the flattering things. I know John Robbins, who, won, who was the joint winner of the award in Edinburgh a couple of years ago. I sort of said I reviewed his show early in the run and mentioned that it was a great show, but it didn't kind of have an ending. And he sort of mentioned to me, he said, "Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm, <laughs> I must come up with an ending for my show. I haven't done wow. one yet." So. I'm afraid I'm, I'm obviously as vain and sensitive as me. <laughs> I, I only remember the nice things they've said about me, you know. And again, maybe they're saying a bit like you hearing things as you come into the room. Maybe they're saying all the bad things behind, you know, behind my back. Or, maybe on, on, know, on the I'm day
0: my... a review is coming out, if you went to see the reviewers come out, you go to see them on stage that night, and they're just railing.
3: Well, yeah, this usually, they're usually railing about, you need to speak to The Guardian about this, they're usually railing about Brian Logan of The Guardian, I think is <laughs> is the one who gets there. But the, yeah, the other problem about reviewing is um, Soho Theatre has so many shows on now that, um, you know, you could review a show at Soho on the Tuesday night, and then on the Wednesday, the day that the Tuesday review has appeared, you're seeing the show that that's running after the previous show, And the previous show, so you're in the queue waiting to, or in the bar waiting to go in, and you have to sort of hide in the corner in case the the performer of the previous (laughs) show is coming out. You know, the so I've sort of got reputation of being the last one to enter a venue and the first one to leave a venue. I guess if if you know if if there's anything I can leave you with, which is why I haven't had much experience of this, is is yeah, that's my philosophy. Arrive as late as possible and leave as early as possible, and then, and then there's less chance of anyone ever saying any, less chance of you ever hearing anyone say anything remotely bad about you. So if I flip or, that
0: advice to me, it's it's don't go listening at doors. You'll never. Well, hear you've only got yourself eyes.
3: to blame, I'm afraid, Jeff. I think when it when it comes down to it, yeah, it's uh, yes, or or, or you could wear very loud shoes that sort of when you're coming <laughs> into a room, people know that you're coming, and uh, or flush, you know, flush the toilet. Yeah. The, uh, yeah
0: you're essentially like putting a bell around a cat's neck
3: yeah exactly yeah. that's it just so people somehow know that you're entering a room and, but yeah there's always that you go in and then the other option is you walk into the room and everyone's completely silent and you haven't heard anything but you're convinced they're yeah. talking about you because they've immediately stopped talking so uh, that's my uh that's my thoughts on the matter <laughs>
1: Later, when you go for a walk, you can take the show with you so that you're not left with your thoughts because we know what's going on there and it's just it's, it's quite scary. You should probably consult a doctor or you should maybe get a dog and then walk with your dog or steal a dog. But just um, dogs can help you because they suck up your dangerous thoughts.
0: Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Something we've talked about before on the
1: podcast is
0: small talk with uh, hairdressers. Oh, yes. And I had a, a, an experience over the time that we uh, took a break. That it it it's so far beyond anything that's ever happened before to me that I I almost can't process it. And if I tell you the story, I think it'll sound like I'm making it up. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try anyway. Okay. So I go to the barbers on New Year's Eve while I'm away and it's uh it ends up being this young woman who cuts my hair and she's very friendly and uh she says hi how are you and we have a little chat and says what are you doing for new year's eve i says oh, i'm working uh so I'm, I'm gonna be asleep actually and then she says uh oh well uh we're, we're having a big family party and it's going to be an interesting one for us i said oh why is that she said because me, me nana who's uh 81 she is introducing the family to her new boyfriend for the first time.
2: Okay. Like,
0: wow. She uh, says, yeah, my grandpa died uh, three years ago, so she's a bit nervous about it. I said, oh, and uh, how, how do you think it will go? She said, well, I've met him and I think he's great. So I said, good. And she says, well, I'm, I'm also introducing the family to my new boyfriend. I said, oh, you, you, how are you feeling about that? She says, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And then the conversation sort of drifts off and she's telling me about her nephews and nieces and, and so on. And um, it becomes normal. Okay. And, and you know, all I ever am in this situation is kind of polite. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm making all the right noises. But what I tend not to do is start talking about myself. You know, you yeah. tell me a story about your nana and I'll tell you one about mine. I, d- yeah. I just sort of want to sit there quietly. Yeah. Um, and and she's, you know, there's a lot of small talk about her family and it's fine. It's, I'm not having to react much, mm-hmm. you know. And and then she gets back onto the subject of her boyfriend being introduced to the family. She says, yeah, it's an odd one because uh, we've just decided to be in an open relationship. Okay right okay so so this this is leaving the realms of small talk yeah quite a now, lot yeah. you know you you're sharing some quite personal relationship yeah. with me he says yeah yeah he's moving to work abroad and you know you have needs don't you and uh, i love him and i'd like to stay with him but you've you've got to have your needs fulfilled haven't you and I don't really want to talk about no, mine no, or anybody else's needs, needs. No, no. So I said, mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just say, I think so, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She goes, yeah, I mean, I've I've got my needs. Um, oh, but my worry is I think he's going to propose to me. Okay. I said, oh, but you'd still be in an open relationship. She says, yeah, but then I've worried about what it'd be like if I got off with someone I was wearing his ring. <laughs> and then she says, I suppose I could just pretend it was my dead mum's ring. <laughs> Thinking, what social signals are you picking up on from me <laughs> that are making you think i'm, I'm going to keep keep sharing more and more so i said yeah i suppose you could do that then she says the, the thing is i told him when we got together she, she said i said to him the thing about me is i am a and then she said like the worst swear word right okay yeah i said oh did you say that to him she said yeah we all are we all are but i am especially I'm like, oh, right. She says, and now that I've told him that, whatever I do, I can always go back to him and say, well, I told you I was a...
2: <laughs> I like the way she works. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, I mean, it just got into insane stuff about... She just telling me the first night she spent with her now boyfriend, his girlfriend... Walked in on them in bed, and they've been doing magic mushroom. I mean, oh my, I'm horrified. I mean, <laughs> they were just went...
2: utterly horrified. <laughs> there was
0: another bit about like how they brought third person into their bed on occasion, and That's she wasn't that into. And she wasn't that into it. So what she does is practices meditation by like concentrating on other things in the room. What well, I find most b-
2: horrifying is like this is New Zealand. How many clients has she had that I day? Know, like know. she has told this story like maybe like twenty times.
0: Unless what she does is just makes this stuff up to uh, see how somebody would react. Oh,
2: now I like her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nothing like nothing about me. Uh, says confess yes, all. Yes, yes. Tell me I all. I love it. a bit of lascivious oh, gossip. No.
1: Excuse me. Any wood. Jeff Lloyd and Annabel Port adrift.
0: Ooh, I'm in the stream. All right, let's address some of your issues in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Now, this is where if, if you've found yourself in a social situation but you don't know what the correct behavior is, then ask Annabelle and myself. We will thrash it out and we will come up with a rule for you. Uh, you can email us on these hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one,
2: Rob. Yesterday, I had an unusual encounter, which I think, in bringing it to the problematic, might tell others in similar situations. I live in the wilds of West Wales and enjoy hiking in the hills most weekends. Even though I'm 30 years old, I often do this with a walking stick. None of your carbon fibre shenanigans, but an honest-to-God wooden cane. It does have some practical use. It makes going uphill much easier. But I'd be lying if it wasn't mainly because it allows me to furtively pretend that I am Bilbo Baggins (laughs) striding out (laughs) towards the Lonely Mountain, when in fact I'm just going six miles or so to the nearest pub. On either side of my house, I have neighbours with whom I am on very good terms, but who, for numerous reasons to do with park cards, which is fodder for another visit to the attic, do not like each other. This Christmas, both of them presented me with gifts. The neighbour on one side, let's call him Phil, gave me a walking stick that he had made himself. It was as tall as me, so more like Gandalf staff, really. And while it was not the most accomplished piece, patchy varnish, a slightly less than ergonomic knob at the top, he is such a lovely bloke. And so keen was I to add it to my stick collection, that I thanked him profusely and genuinely for the gift. My neighbour on the other side, let's call him Harry, also gave me a walking stick. Harry is a bit older, more practical and has more time on his hands and the walking stick he presented me was a thing of beauty. He had steamed the wood to straighten it and carved an actual shepherd's crook onto the top. It was beautiful and also given a neighbourly affection and I also accepted it and added it to my collection. Yesterday, I went for my customary Sunday walk up the nearest mountain taking Harry's superior stick with me. It handled like an absolute dream. (laughs) Upon returning home, who should be standing outside his house, Mm. washing his caravan, but Phil? Mm. He saw me, waved, and then looked down and saw me carrying a walking stick that was not his own. His face flashed from happiness to desolation and back to a sad grin in a matter of seconds, and my stomach fell to the floor. Phil did not know that Harry had carved me a stick as well. And as I am the demilitarised zone between the two warring houses, I don't know what to do. I appreciate both their gifts immensely and probably will one day take Phil's out with me. But Harry's is far, far nicer to walk with. Dilemma is complicated by the fact that I own quite a few walking sticks, which, admittedly, is not normal. What should I do? Many firm handshakes, Rob.
0: Well, firstly, I mean, West Wales sounds like an incredible oh, place to live, doesn't it? He people... painted
2: the loveliest picture, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
2: it's a very so, awkward situation.
0: Well, it is. I mean, it would it is it would be more awkward if you didn't have a collection, okay, of walking sticks. Mm-hmm. So, what I would do if I were you is, I would wait. For the next time you see Phil outside washing his car or tinkering around in his back garden or whatever he's doing, mm. and then quickly throw on your barber jacket or whatever you go walking in, get Phil's stick, go out walking with it, and then when he when he says hello to you, say, "Oh God, I was in a world of my own. I didn't see oh, you there." So that in a very yeah, theatrical yeah, way, yeah. he he sees you with his stick. Right, right, right. But I mean, it's uh, it's it's important to have. You know, let him see you have many sticks in rotation.
2: I think you just have to—you have to use them all, and just put up the fact that some aren't as good as others. Even though you you clearly rather use the amazing shepherd's crook one every day.
0: Mm, yeah, you just—you yeah. just
2: have to. Do, and then, and then sometimes Phil will see you with it. Sometimes he won't. Same for Harry.
0: Yeah, I mean, does Phil Phil go out much?
2: He Doesn't say. I mean, he was washing his caravan. Yeah, though.
0: I wonder if you know some kind of surveillance system. Mm, that means okay. you you wait until you see cuz we've all done this haven't we you know if you, if you if you're aware of your neighbor sort of around the front area of the house then you know we've all delayed going out ourselves until after they've gone of course yeah Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's a version of that but yeah, incorporating yeah. the walking sticks but i think sort of making a point of the fact that there's a collection but they must know this, otherwise they wouldn't have made yeah, you walking sticks. Yeah. It's so it, wonderful it, that they made I you these know, sticks. But it, but
2: it's turned into this exhausting surveillance issue now for him. i was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just they just have to all accept that sometimes you use their stick and sometimes you won't. This is
0: this is why you shouldn't forge close relationships yep. with people yep. who live too yep. close to you. Exactly, yeah, yeah, we will leave yeah.
2: that. Okay, and then this is from Jennifer. Not sure if you know, but the National Theatre and others broadcast select performances of performances to cinemas. I think this is a brilliant way for people that can't get to the West End to experience live theatre without actually being there and for the price of a cinema ticket. The trouble is, am I entitled to tell people that I'm seeing Funny Girls starring Sheridan Smith We're seeing it at Cineworld next month, even though I haven't seen it live and in person?
0: Oh, now there is a question. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Does she have to say, "Oh yes, I I saw that at the cinema"? Yeah, I or can't you she just was. say she's seen it? I mean, to all intents and purposes she well, she yeah, has seen? Yeah, it. What's yeah, the difference? yeah. No well, here is
0: the thing: so I I saw that at the theatre, mm. and I I think I. I Have a slight problem with some upstarts saying they'd seen it as well when they'd just seen it at the cinema.
2: Oh, so okay. Well, this is where the dilemma comes from because some people clearly do have an issue with it. Well, because you feel like made the effort, paid
0: the money. I think it's paid the money. Like it's like it's just painful to pay for tickets to go and see West End shows. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose some people get them discounted.
2: So I so are we going to agree that you have to say, oh yeah, I saw that initially
0: at the no cinema. no here's what I think you say you say oh I saw that and if people say oh when or you say oh I actually saw it at the cinema I think uh, okay. you you know if you get the follow up question okay. you have to say that it was at the cinema okay. but you don't have to say it initially
2: great there's the rule yeah Done.
0: okay um, well we rattled through those this oh, week didn't we yeah. send us yours hello at adriftpodcast.com Well, I think we were back with a vengeance.
2: Oh, a vengeance. You think there was vengeance? There?
0: Well, I don't know. What does that there, mean? There that was, was that. Vengeance? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, that I is didn't feel right. a vengeance. No,
0: no, I don't think. Was there, Did I display any vengeance at any mm. point during the episode? No, maybe that. to the uh, escalator guy. Maybe, oh, yeah, uh, maybe. That, yeah. that was probably it. Uh, but thank you. Um, thank you for, for listening. It's good to be back And um, thanks for putting up with us While we had a couple of weeks off Yes uh, You don't us you don't that do you? Surely not Surely not, not. Christmas time, yes. Surely not. Uh, So thanks to Man and the Echo For the backing music And to Emily Harrison For the incidental music During the incident Our announcers And jingle makers I suppose you would call them Vince Lynch And Simon Wilcox Patrick Gunning And Iwana Babu Provided technical support Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos and we'd love to hear from you Annabelle you were saying the inbox is a little on the light side at the moment with stories
2: we didn't get many over Christmas so it's always good to get new stuff yeah Yeah.
0: so maybe you could make that a New Year's resolution Mm. I will share my story of social awkwardness or blurting stuff out or the lengths you've gone to to avoid someone or something Uh, all all this kind of stuff it's time for you to share your story please Uh, that's your resolution for 2019 that I am imposing on you (laughs) Uh, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. dot uh, com. So um, I, th- I think I'd like to end by saying congratulations, and maybe uh, throw in a quicker. I saw you run away from that nun.
1: <laughs> Adrift. Adrift.
0: Podication time 2019. That's a little jingle. You like it?
2: Yeah, is anybody working on that or just? It,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I started on it um, it's at the end of 2017. Oh, I was going right, to debut it right, right, as right. is the 2018 Podication jingle, yeah, but yeah. I just felt it needed a bit of honing. So yeah. that's what I've been doing most of last year is <laughs> honing it. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I because mean, there's something about your body language that suggests it made you deeply uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. no I, don't. I usually clutch myself like this. <laughs> oh. uh,
0: this comes from Mighty Queen Helen, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. Like all good drifters, I meant to send this email ages ago, but never managed to get it together until now. I would like a special birthday publication for my wonderful friend Becky as close to her birthday on the 29th of December as possible please, but any time will do in drift of fashion I feel awkward enough merely asking as it comes uncomfortably cl- uncomfortably close to being demanding and in some way making it clear that my needs are important when of course I'd rather just say sorry remain silent and avoid any unpleasant demands but then. The world would never know about the awesomeness of Becky. She's been my friend ever since we were sat together on the first day of secondary school due to the close alphabetical proximity of our surnames. She'd been at the school for two years already, so was telling me the names of all the nasty teachers when we were both told off for talking. We have been firm friends ever since, 27 years in fact.
2: That's lovely. Yeah. It's funny how you end up being friends with people whose surname is close to you alphabetically. I've got <laughs> friends like that from school. It's yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah.
0: Um, over the years, we have bonded over a love of any film or TV involving time travel. Yes, we did dress up as Bill and Ted for one memorable mufti day. Oh, Bill and Ted. Aren't they making a new Bill and Ted? Are they? Oh, no. oh there was some picture of Keanu Reeves and the other guy. Yeah. D- as Bill and Ted last year, it went viral on Twitter. Oh, I
2: don't
1: remember.
0: Maybe um, uh, maybe they were just sort of celebrating some anniversary or something. I don't know. Um, oh, so I wonder what other shows they like.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, Quantum Leap.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, what other ones are they? Time. Good
0: travel? night, sweetheart.
2: <laughs> the classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I
0: like a bit of time travel too. I do. Yeah. Mm. Do you prefer it when they go back into historical events or when they go into the future? Mm, future I think I think future too but mm. I do think the best Back to the Future is the one where they go to the 50s uh, yeah, yeah so yeah. Mm. anyways um, clever and unusual looking men she loves the gingers and a beard I love gangly and curly oh all good things I think mm. I used to be a ginger
2: you did used to be yeah. now
0: I'm a grey headed man
2: you still got the beard though I have yeah
0: mm. uh, and um, take that Oh, Let me tell you something, so, take so, that. I'm, 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 yeah, I saw them at the height of their fame in 1994, I'm guessing it would have been at mm. the, the 9X Arena or GMEX Arena in Manchester, they really put on a very good show. I'm sure, yeah. Also, my wife said she heard Gary Barlow <gasps> on D- Desert Island yes, Disc yes. and she said he was very likeable.
2: Well, yes. But. Some people think he's likeable. i Yes, and I'm not going to say I don't like him. I do like but, him. But... What, what stood out for me is his utter passion for making music and how he did it. He was he is, like, from such a young age, the obsession. I was really impressed by it.
0: I think there's something you're not telling us.
2: I don't... I, I, if I met him, I wouldn't click with him, is what I'm saying.
0: I mean, I always get that impression when he was the judge on The X yeah, Factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I, don't know,
2: I didn't dislike him the thing that stood out for me I think he takes himself quite seriously that's the, thing, the
0: impression yeah, I always got the
2: thing that stood out for me was this dedication to, and, and like the obsession with synthesizers when he was like 12 and it was, it was really interesting I had a
0: bit of that to me that's oh. all my synthesizers when I was about that age well you
2: got that jingle out of it so <laughs> but
0: um, I remember Pete and I once doing an interview with him on the phone oh yeah not long after Take That had split up and he was releasing his first solo song yeah and I can't remember what we were saying, but I remember him during the interview, which was a live, live interview over the phone. He went, I get the impression you lads aren't taking me very seriously. Oh, (laughs) Gary. (laughs) Which, I mean, we wouldn't have been, to be fair. Mm -mm. Uh. Speaking
2: of people taking themselves very seriously, um, did you enjoy the Bross documentary? Did you watch it?
0: Yes, I did enjoy it. So I saw so much... Publicity and and people talking about it on social media, and what everybody was saying is you 've got to watch this it 's hilarious it 's like spinal tap, but in real life ah, okay, yeah. so that was the expectation right. I went to it with, yeah. which and and actually i I really enjoyed it but and even though there was some astonishingly <laughs> dumb quotes I found it quite moving oh
2: yeah it was moving Um,
0: and it also sort of you know thinking I wonder if this is what made you think of it it made me question the way we treat pop stars once we're done with them and how they become sort of punch lines as, yeah, as well yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I enjoyed it immensely so I take it you really liked it too yes
2: I saw a couple of nights ago so it's very fresh in my mind and I think yeah they're two people I think one of them Matt I saw him smile once th- throughout the whole however long it was they're, mm. not, they're not people to smile and laugh and joke they, they took themselves very seriously
0: yeah and and I think if th- you were just watching the documentary about Luke Goss you would think you would think here is a ridiculous person who takes himself way too seriously, mm. but because you know you're watching the 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 documentary about the two of them, Luke seems like the reasonable one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Matt Goss is so oh, far. Wow. It a, I gone. Think it very interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, re- I really, really did enjoy it. If you haven't seen it, it's a documentary about Bros reuniting.
2: Yeah, it's still on the iPlayer. Yeah, you get it on BBC iPlayer. After the screens fade or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. yeah, when the screaming stops, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and, and if not, I'm sure they'll be bringing it out on DVD. i I had to know they're bringing it out or have brought it out on DVD because there was no mention of the third member of Bros. Yes, i That's so weird. Ken. And that's what they used to call him in Smash Hits Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah but Craig, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and <laughs> apparently they did interview him, but I mean, it what didn't really contribute anything. Oh, so no. they've saved it for the DVD extras. Oh,
2: good. Because I remember they, they was like he didn't exist, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Never mentioned.
0: No mention of when Frank Sidebottom supported them at Wembley either. Oh, really? And got booed off stage. Oh. I think he did a set of Bross songs. Oh, no, yeah. really? Oh. <laughs> um, Where are we we? We now? Yeah, sorry. Uh, But the best thing about friendships are the new things you introduce each other to. Becky is far cooler than me and knows all about the Marvel comic universe and how to survive a zombie apocalypse. Oh, wow. So I I think I would just give in to the zombies.
2: Is that how you'd survive it?
0: Yeah, become a zombie. Mm. Just seems to me from watching those films, the zombies tend to do better than most humans mm-hmm. so why not just if you can't beat them join them
2: join them okay yeah
0: because yeah. that's what you're doing you're yeah. becoming a zombie yourself
2: they're a nice gang aren't they yeah. yeah
0: Um, and also you don't have to worry about like brushing your hair or your appearance or anything once you're a zombie <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, how often do you brush your hair Honestly. <laughs> honestly maybe once a week there you go
0: i mean it, it's usually not at all and then if i've slept on it and it's gone in a particularly odd direction yeah, yeah, yeah. you know then i might have to spend 30 seconds on it. <laughs> what about you
2: yeah i mean about the same to be yeah. honest yeah
0: um i don't know much about marvel comic universe no
2: i don't at all
0: um she isn't frightened of anything that's, that's, well, it sounds like maybe she's frightened of zombies if she's working out at to survive an apocalypse No, it doesn't them.
2: mean she's scared of them. Just doesn't want to join them. Okay. Hmm.
0: Uh, and she's incredible. So she's not a zombie-phobe. Yeah. Not zombie-phobic. Uh, and she's incredibly capable. She knows how to sort out the air pressure in car oh, tyres. She sounds incredible. She really does. Yeah. Uh, she's been a fan of cool American satirical comedy for years and having lived in New York, she is also well-versed on people like the so-called Drake as she still listens to Radio 1. Ooh. So so you met at primary school, start primary school at five, but actually she'd been there a couple of years. So you probably went in late, which I would say makes you... No, they met
2: at secondary school. Oh, secondary yeah, school. So oh, okay. 13, so she's 14. So
0: 14. Yeah. They've been friends for 27 years, which... Puts them in the early forties. Yeah, I think I. Yeah, she's. Hang on. She yeah. would have
2: been thirteen when they met, so she must be forty now. Surely, yeah.
0: No business listening to Radio One. A bit old, really. Yeah. They don't want you. They do what? They don't want you. They don't. Want, they don't, you.
2: They don't. They, you're listening. They don't want you. No. How does that make you feel? <laughs> they don't want you. Go. They're thinking. Go away. They're thinking.
0: Radio Two needs replenishers. <laughs> the audience at the top end of theirs are dying. Um, weirdly, so I've been on Radio Two a bit recently, mm. and. You will play stuff like... I mean, I I love this song. Um, Bing Crosby and Grace Kelly, True Lover, played the other night. But I've also played... I don't know if I've played any Drake, Mm. but I've definitely played Jay-Z. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. uh, I've I've played Snoop Dogg. Ooh. Um, Yeah. Mixed bag. It's such a mixed bag in a way that... I mean, it's... I really enjoy it, but you think, God, to people, are, there, are there people out there who, who want to hear Bing Crosby followed by Tupac? Yeah, and, of yeah. course, it's the biggest radio station in Europe, so there must be, yeah. but it, it shouldn't work on paper. But there you go.
2: I think Becky would like it.
0: Yeah. Have a, have a little <laughs> have a little dabble next time I'm on Becky. Yeah. I usually let people know on Facebook. Um, we even mentioned the topic of kids on silent sections of trains with our other best friend who has actually managed to procreate. Caroline gave us her opinion and we discussed other adrift classic quandary corner issues over a bottle of wine. Unlucky came up more than once. (laughs) I'm not sure we've actually converted her to a listener. Uh, She's more capable and sorted than Becky. But we tried. God, more capable than Becky. Yeah,
2: wow, it's hard to imagine I can't.
0: So, for being an all-round wonderful friend, a fabulous person, for picking me up and dragging me through life when it's all got too much, for loving what I love and also what I don't, for walking me down the street when I literally physically couldn't, for her amazing taste, for her scientific knowledge, for drinks, for laughs, for support. Happy birthday, Becky.
2: Happy birthday, Becky. Wow.
0: Becky said that. Firstly... Becky sounds amazing. Secondly, that is a lovely tribute to a friend. Isn't it? Like if I, you know, not that anybody would, but if I read that about myself, I'd be in tears. And I almost just made myself cry (laughs) thinking about what if one of my friends wrote something nice about me?
2: Mm, It was quite poetic.
0: It really was. She also adds, also, please, can Mike ask her out on a date? Come on, Mike. Mike, what's wrong with you? Mike,
2: she's like the greatest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can't think of anyone better than Becky. Uh, okay, thanks, bye, from mighty Queen Helen. So there we go. Uh, a belated happy birthday to Becky. And thank you for sending in the podication. If you'd like one for yourself or for somebody else, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen